like when I ran my first, my very first ultra distance during that, I had the wherewithal to understand that this was a transformative experience that I was going through while in the moment. There's not many times in your life when you have that awakening. You know, it's like I'm not a religious person at all. But there's that passage in the Bible when, like, Saul changes his name to Paul. He gets knocked off the horse because he sees God's light in the whole bit, right? And it's like, that's kind of how I felt that day. It's like, I, I got knocked off my square. And it's like, this is what I should be doing. doing uncommon good in service of our common humanity. I'm Polly Reese. Fam, I am delighted and in awe to bring you today's guest, Michael Gagliardi. But if you know him better, you know him as Gags, G-A-G-Z. He is an ultramarathon runner. That means that he runs distances of more than 26.2 miles. I'm blown away. Gags is the host of the podcast Running Times with Gags, and he runs with CLE Athletics, Hoka Shoes, and Philadelphia Runner. He's got many, many podium finishes and course records to his name, and if you follow him on Instagram at BDG123, you know that during the pandemic he created the Philly Four Corners Run, where he ran the outline of the city in one day appropriately, totaling 76 miles. He also ran a shape of the Liberty Bell in downtown Center City. This man is incredible. Quick content warning, there is some explicit language in this episode. That being said, we talk about how he fuels for success, focusing the mindset for running, the spirituality of being out on the track one foot after the other, parenting during the pandemic, how we should not strive to change the world and a little bit of Philly hip-hop and soul thrown in. I cannot tell you how in awe of this person I am. Please enjoy my conversation with Gags. Break a leg? I, like, I, I, I don't... This, this is awful because I've worked in technical theater for so long, but... I don't actually know exactly where that phrase comes from. Please don't take away my theater card. Like, please, please don't do it. I, I need to keep working. Um, but yeah, um, break breaking legs, like super superstition. Yeah, that's the last thing I want to have happen to me. Do you do you have any superstitions? Uh yeah, yes I do. As a matter of tell uh, me for example uh you know when i lace up my shoes mm-hmm. and for everything it's always left i'll do left sock right sock left shoe right shoe tighten left shoe tighten right shoe then we double knot each shoe we do left first we do right second yeah um that's just one example like yeah yeah what is it I, I was thinking about this the other day because everybody has their own sense of like ritual or like what is supposed to be like what the order of thing is or we like is it is it a confidence thing like is it something that just helps us like feel more ready or more authority to to just get out there and do whatever it is what do you think what do you think 
I think for me, I'm a pretty ritualistic person. I think if you were to put me on some kind of OCD spectrum, I would probably be on there. Yeah. Uh, So it helps to calm me. Mm. It's like reassuring. It's soothing. It makes no sense. (laughs) It makes zero (laughs) sense. Zero. You know, but I do find that to be calming. I work um, in a lot of circles of in like sort of faith and spirituality, theater, s- essentially the same thing where people people believe in energy. Like oh. they believe that like the way that you do things matters, not just that you do a thing, but how you do it, what you're thinking about when you do it, what you had for breakfast that morning before you did it um, matters. I think. I wonder, and I'm sure I'm sure there's probably like scientific studies somewhere, but I gotta imagine that that having like done your ritual, your routine puts you in the right brain space to where you don't overthink things. A lot of what you said right there boils down to intent. Mm. You know, what is your intent? Mm. Are you living deliberately? Mm. Those types of things. So like it's very into when when you like like when I'm getting ready for a race or yeah. I'm getting ready for a longer effort run or something of that nature, you know, every action I do leading up to that is intentional. It's mm. deliberate. Um, the things I eat, how much sleep I get, what I'm mm. thinking about, you know, what I'm taking in, not just the because like the energy that I'm putting out there to people, I, it, it's very cyclical, you know. So it's like, what am I taking in? Like, what good, what positive am I taking in? then put out and you take all those things in like that like that's yeah that's the intent you know that's that gives it purpose yeah and it, you know it's like it, it's not so much what you say it's how you say it for example mm. you know my son is going to get ready to give his eighth grade speech for president for us for a student council president tomorrow right what? yeah man totally shout out dante you know, but um, he and I have been so I and I've been his campaign manager for for the last three weeks. Oh. So we've been rehearsing his speech and stuff. And a lot of what I said in the, in the beginning of this, you know, coaching phase with him was yeah. like, listen, dude, it's it's you know, it, it's it's how you say it. Like you're going to have the microphone, you know, so you can say whatever you want to say. But if you can deliver your message with confidence, you know, with with intent, be deliberate in how you speak with your message. People are going to listen to you. Yeah. Same thing, man. Make people feel something. Yeah, connections. That's I mean, that's what we're all craving. That's what we're especially coming out of pandemic. If yes. the if, if pandemic has yes. nothing, it's that we need to connect, man. Yes, I mean, you you kind of just hit it on the nail, uh, like hit the nail on the head right there. Like we kind of like move it in that direction, like about like what's like at the deeper level. So I guess we can actually just stop recording now because we <laughs> we covered the entire gamut of. The topic of the show in five minutes. Um, so this is no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, I, w- I would love to ask a little bit more um, since since you brought up your son Dante. Um, sure. What what has it been like for you to um, co-parent during the pandemic? I can't imagine that children who are school aged like to be told that it is actually life or death, perhaps for the first time, certainly in, in my living memory, that if you go outside, there is a reason, a more than reasonable chance that you could yeah. get sick and die. Yeah. 
I mean, I well, first of all, I have two sons. I have Leonardo and Dante, so I so I can't shout out Dante without shouting out Leo. Equal representation, <laughs> not just for presidential <laughs> campaigns like nationally anymore. You know, um, but co-parenting during the pandemic at that time, yeah. I was still living in the same house with my wife, okay. um, and it was a wild time. Yeah. You know, and fortunately, my boys, they're. They're just good students, you know. They have good heads on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm fortunate in the fact that I think uh, was it fifth and seventh grade, or maybe sixth and I, it was fifth and seventh when the when the pandemic started for them. So they were old enough to be able to read on their own. They had the mm-hmm. basics covered, and they had a strong foundation. Yeah, it wasn't like you know they were kindergartners or in first grade, and we had to sit there and teach them how to read and all that stuff. It was so, yeah. and they were pretty self sufficient. So I'm truly blessed in that sense. That must be a relief. Yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, as a parent, you don't like to compare, you know, and you do a lot of knock on wood and things like uh-huh. things, things like that. Um, but I'm very fortunate to have two healthy, handsome, you know, boys who are just into what they're into. They're, mm-hmm. they're just good kids. There's something that we were talking about as we were doing the sound testing that I want to bring us back to. Sure. Um, breakfast. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit of a breakfast kind of gal myself. Um, I would love to know, like, what, especially since you are uh, um, an ultra runner, um, that fueling the body in the right way, like fueling mind, body, and spirit, is really important. Yes. Um, what is the breakfast routine for gags? The breakfast routine for me, a uh, cup of coffee, and it's almost the same thing every day, Paulie. It's a banana. Mm-hmm. A nut bar and some type of cereal, like breakfast bar kind of thing. Um, but almost always, once in a blue moon, I will indulge and have a croissant. And if you and if I really want to get decadent, I'll go almond croissant. Ooh, shut the front door. That that little <laughs> bit of that that tiny Ooh. ribbon of marzipan in the uh, middle, like. Uh, like okay. Forget it. So we're we're gonna build we're gonna build even more detail. So when you when you have a banana, are you like green? Full yellow, l- lightly spotted, like lightly browned, or like very brown. I'll tell you right now, man. If that banana shows an even a nascent hint of yellow, that shit's going in my freezer for a smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I, I, I like mine to be a, a, a very, very light shade of green. Nice. Yeah. Um, they're they're not they're not that terribly sweet at that point yet. That that's fine. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> um, not at that point in the morning. Uh, coffee. Um, is it important? Like how dark it is? Do you like uh, a lighter roast? Man, I I I I am. There's nothing macho about me when it comes to how I drink my coffee. I drink my coffee. Uh, regular sugar, extra extra cream. Um, and just, yeah, it's, it, it comes out almost like milk. It's like very, very white. You know how to order it at, at a Dunkin'. You know how to get what you need. Regular sugar, extra cream, because if you say sugar, extra, extra cream, they'll give you regular, I mean, they'll give you extra sugar. So I've learned over the years, it's how, it's how you phrase it. Again, it's not what you say, it's how you yeah. say it. You know, what is it, What is my intent there, man? I want a coffee, regular sugar, extra cream. I, w- well, I was with a client this morning and I thought, 
I, uh, one of the thing one of the things I was telling them is like you clearly have something that you want to communicate. Um, like we were talking about, we were talking about like how to communicate and and intention and and ego, because okay. um, there was this thing that both both parties that are communicating clearly think that they're right and clearly have good ideas. They're all reasonable people, um, but tensions are high. Um, and reasonable people are disagreeing with each other. So the, the thing is, well, what's more important? That you are right in your own mind and you communicate exactly how you think you should be communicating and you prove that or that you actually communicate what you need to communicate? The latter. You would hope, right? You would, ho- you would hope that we could figure out how to communicate what's inside you know, like like what what is like what's important to us. Uh, I think part of the, the work of this the show is to say we don't always get that right. You know, like we don't always know not only actually what we want to say, but how we say it in a way that other people understand. Sometimes, Paulie. You know, you need to start at the end and work yourself backwards, you know, and you got to say to yourself, well, what don't I want to say? You know, what don't I want to subscribe to or have other people subscribe to? Yeah. You know, and work yourself backwards and and work it backwards from there. Yes. Finding, find, like, and what is, what is it? Reverse engineering? Like, and like, like working towards the outcome that you want. Yeah. So there you go. Um Another outcome, because I'm not done hearing about breakfast yet. Um, <laughs> what is the difference between a cereal bar and a nut bar? Because you have both. All right. The difference between a cereal bar and, 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 and a nut bar is mm-hmm. the nut bar has a little bit of crunch to it. Okay. You know? it's, uh, it's more of a chewing exercise it's not something that you can have with a sip of coffee and it just washes right down it's yeah. something separate it's like something it's something that you wash down with juice you know what i mean yeah um which i do do, ju- do juice also uh yeah. but the cereal bar that's where you can really you can really get a little funky you know me personally i'm a fan of like I like raspberry filling. I like mm-hmm. blueberry filling on my breakfast bar, you know. And if I really want to get into it, a little bit of icing on top. You're an orchard fr- fruits kind of yes. guy. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So is yeah. Th- is there room for like strawberry in this? Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. Cherry. Yeah. Nice. Lemon and cheese. No, it, no, thank you. Yeah. On danishes and 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 whatnot. But yeah, strawberry, blueberry, blackberry, raspberry, just a little bit. It's like that little bit of tartness, you like need that gentle sweetness. Yeah, I, 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 I feel you. Um, is there? Because cause now you have me. I mean, I'm thinking of like back in the back. Uh, I, I'm not even I, like I, I, I have not earned the right to be able to say back in the day. But I, re- <laughs> I remember in the days like where your your general store, your small town general store, would have like your rows of like prepackaged cakes. So like you'd get like your tasty cake sort of like pie where like nice big thick ribbon of filling mm-hmm. and then like a reasonably thick sort of flaky like crumbly sure. crust as you've said. Um what is the exact amount of like filling to crust ratio? Like is there a right one? Does it matter? 
it's got to be at least one third. I mean, no, no, no. It has to be no more than one third filling. Mm. Um, and and even that's probably pushing it. So one to four ratio would be acceptable. So something something like a Nutrigrain is probably okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Pop tarts probably a little bit. Probably not quite enough. Pop tarts aren't quite a morning food for me. Pop-Tarts are more of a snack or like a late night type thing. I'm ha- maybe I'm having a cup of tea like late at night. I Ooh, have a pop nice. tart. What you type? I mean? What type of tea do you drink? Do you just Earl Grey. Uh, the the uh, Earl Grey. You don't, you don't struggle with the caffeine? No. Mm-mm. I mean, I'm 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 not drinking tea at midnight. Yeah. You know, but if I have if I have things that I'm working on, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um. What sort of what sort of things are you working on? Like, what sort of things are you are you passionate about? Uh, well, I, uh, as you do, I, I produce my own podcast, uh, Running Times with Gags. You'll find me wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, next to Paulie. Um, <laughs> Someday soon, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording before, like, the early ones have, have started dropping. But. Right on. But, I mean, but you can attest to this, and that, that's very much a labor of love, you yeah. know. Uh, people don't understand what goes on, you know, behind the scenes of the podcast. That, and that's why I, I told you from the, from the jump, like, just chill take your time relax i got you dude you know, yeah. it's like you know i totally you know but that's takes Thank up a you. lot of my time it takes up a lot of my brain space yeah it's a lot of bandwidth that's in that's being used towards that um towards that that energy you know i'm very passionate about storytelling you mm-hmm. know not, and it's not so much about me and my story it's very much about other people and their stories so that takes up a lot of my time you know um i am an ultra runner Yes, so are. I spend a lot of time running. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about running. Mm. Uh, I'm getting my foot in the running industry as we speak. You mm-hmm. know, in terms of like professionally, um, I just started to coach. What? You know, yeah, I have. I'm 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 getting ready to finish up my uh, ultra running coach certification. You mm. know, so those are things that really drive me. What is? There's other things. I mean, there's uh, there's other projects too, but those are like. I mean, and that's yes. something else too, you know. Like uh, I, I, have a, I have a partnership with a, with a couple of different companies. Um, Philadelphia, with Philadelphia Runner, right. who sponsors my podcast. Absolutely. Uh, CLA Athletics. I'm partnered with them, and then also with Hoka. Um, yeah. The, uh, the uh, they're amazing kicks. Right. Right. Awesome kicks. So w- one of the things I've been doing is I've been doing this series called the Midnight Miles series, where um, mm. you know we'll run around to different um, themed locations throughout the city so for example we just did one the uh, last one to, to end the summer was our music tour nice and we started it, it was uh myself uh, my buddy eddie a well-known dj uh just a nightlife empresario here in philadelphia and craig oppenheimer the founder of mural miles, mural miles yeah yeah um so this so i had those two come in for this for the for the final summer series nice. and uh we started at the tla at 10 o'clock on a wednesday night i had uh, 81 people showed up for this. It was to- totally free. Yeah. Hoka was there. Folks were able to try on shoes. And uh, so we started at the TLA. From there, we ran to Mario Alonzo Park. Um, where else did we go? The Singing Fountain, a couple murals along the way. Yeah. We had a muralist who actually painted the mural there on Broad Street, Eric Octe. Um, he was there to, t- to talk about his South Philly musician's m- mural at the corner of, uh, I want to say, Broad and Brought in Tasker, I believe. Mm. Um, then we ran up to the to the Sound of Philadelphia at Broad and Spruce, mm. over to mm. Sigma Sound, 
the tri- the uh, TLA rather, yeah. uh, the old downbeat jazz club. Oh. You know, it was mm. and all along the way as we stopped, you know, we're talking about the history that was in these places. Yeah. And that's a little example. You know, we did one about Philadelphia history. We did one on Philadelphia sports. I have an idea, uh, depending on when this comes out, I'll probably be doing something along the lines of a some kind of a haunted theme for Philadelphia, you know? Yeah. Maybe It'll I don't want to say true crime because I don't like that. I, I don't like to um, sensationalize things of that nature. Yeah. But I think eh, maybe we'll start out with maybe the Poe mural mm. over, you know, over there at the, bo- in, uh, the, the bottom of North yeah, Philly, right on the, the edge there. Yeah. I follow you on Insta. I'm a bit. Of, I'm a bit of a stalker. Haven't slid into your DMs yet, but like, there's, um, <laughs> there's just, there's so much fun. Number one in in your Insta because you've got so many of um, your so many just different events, fun things, um, uh, so many fun like novelty maps of runs. Um, I I remember the. I wasn't following you yet, but I saw um, what was it the six? I think I saw the Sixers video. Okay. Um, in in 2020, when you did the outline of the city, the Philly, my Philly Four Corners, your run. Philly cor- Four Corners. Um, I wonder um, if you are, are aware how f- much fun comes through on your Insta. And if you are, I wonder um, where this, where all of this fun and life and vitality, where that comes from. That's a loaded question, man. Yes, it is. (laughs) You know, there's part of me wants to sit here and say, I don't put very much thought in what goes into social media. I just kind of do my thing and Mm -hmm. that's that. But that's not the truth, you know. Um, how much fun comes through? It's, it's actually interesting to hear you say that. Um, are because I don't think that you are a runner. Are are you a runner? Sort of. Okay. Um, like take that back then. So can I rephrase so my answer? Y- y- you can. All right. Well, I'll t- I'll tell you. So I I do not like running, but I've done it. Um, it's one of these things that you can say about anything that you might not like doing, but that has just such. I, I don't know what it is, but has this way of just this thing that you're always glad that you've done it. So, like, I say it about writing. I do not like writing. I am always glad I have when I have written. I do not like running. I am always glad when I have gone running. Sure. No one ever regrets a run that they went out on. That's truth. Yes. Um, my story about running is that in 2018, um, I was about... S- is it 70 now? It is 70. It's about 70 pounds heavier than what I am right now. Um, and I was living in uh, I was living in Connecticut at the time in New Haven, working on a master's degree. Um, shout out to Yale Divinity School. Um, and uh, my GP referred me to a weight loss specialist who said, um, you're, gosh, it, it, it feels like the pandemic has aged me like 50 years. Um, was it's both the trauma and the car accident, but and, and that trauma as well. But um, like I mean, pandemic. So like, um, I th- I was thirty two at the time, and uh, the weight loss specialist said, if you work on this now, all of the risk to your health that is weight related is entirely reversible, but if you wait even five years, mm-hmm. like till like 
people like who are male-bodied when when your body starts to metabolize differently some of those changes may have become permanent you may like you you may need insulin it, it, it will be substantially harder to make those changes it's not impossible but it's highly improbable that scared me enough plus good meds like in terms of how the body responds to food and good coaching from a nutritionist um, to work on some of the more sort of high scramble like high impact trails to where i just started going i just i just started going it's kind of and i'll ask you more about this later it's kind of like the the four-part um phrase that you use at the beginning of your podcast tune in turn on drop out and run um you just go like for me music works really well in terms of setting setting a cadence Mm. um and you do it um you wipe off a sweat later, take a good shower, um, like refuel like at in a reasonable time, like not like six hours later, mm-hmm. and you feel fucking amazing. Like unless you tore something. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. but but you're talking but you're but you're back to you. No, that's fine, Paul. I, I want to back up a second. You know, you said the word fun, and you got me sitting here thinking about this on my Instagram. I never thought of my Instagram as fun or making running fun. Um, you know, I'm like everybody else. A lot of times running isn't fun, you yeah. know, but I think what you're saying that I, I, that I believe comes through on my Instagram is just how passionate I am about it, you know, and like I have centered my life around this mm-hmm this discipline of running, you know, and where it's going to take me. So, mm-hmm. and when you believe in that, when you have passion in what you believe in, it makes it look like it's fun. Yeah. You know, so that it's, it's, it's cool to hear you say that. And people want to, want to be what, what I, what I'll say, what I heard someone, someone tell me, um, is that people are attracted to other people who seem like they are fully alive. <laughs> That's very true. And, when I look at the the community shots that you take, particularly on this run that you've just described, this midnight mile, um, people are excited to be there. Now let's be let's be um, honest. Not a lot of people are smiling. <laughs> like enjoyment does not does not is not necessarily like a one to one ratio to happiness or fun. But um, clearly. You have taken something which you have said is not necessarily fun all of the time, and you have found a way to make it um, certainly Instagram attractive. Your 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 profile grows every day, um, and you have found ways of positioning that for other people. It comes down to inclusivity and mm. accessibility. You mm. know, um, when I look at who. I, 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 I want everyone to look at my Instagram, for example, since we're talking about yeah. it. And you know what? BDG123, shameless plug. All right? Follow. Follow people. <laughs> follow. You know, but if we are talking about it, I want somebody to look at my Instagram or whatever, you know, yeah. running and see a reflection of themselves because mm. anybody can do this. You know, it's not a magic mm. trick that I'm doing here, Paulie. 
you know, yeah. and it has nothing to do with my race records. It has nothing to do with time, splits, paces, how fast you go. The people that really care about that are assholes, <laughs> you know, real shit. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, listen, I'm very competitive, but it's not, I'm not putting it out there on the gram, yeah. you know. I, what people don't see on the Instagram or social media for that matter is how much work, just like we talked about what the work that goes on with the podcast, you yeah. know. Well, if you're going to run and you're going to tackle these distances, you need to put in some work. Yeah. You know, and I'm not the kind of guy who's going to put on my grid every day. Hey, I, w I went and ran 10 miles. I ran 10 miles today, ran 12 yesterday, 13. No, because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, mm. you know. But there's work that's involved in, in that. So the biggest one of the biggest compliments you can make that you can say to me is you make it look easy. <laughs> I love when I hear that. It doesn't happen often, but when yeah. I do, I really appreciate that compliment. What? That backhanded compliment, I yeah. should say. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> because because we because by by definition that that the person who says that understands that it's not. Um you made a distinction that feels fascinating to me. People who <coughs> are doing this work, um, this work, this work of running mm -hmm. for for the times, um, like, and and, and I, I mean, even in places like um, like the the fastest known time um, community, mm -hmm. not all of whom are about like setting those times or updating those records or or even even like. PRing, but um, what is the work between, as you describe, like doing it because you need to, because it's the thing that you are meant to do? Right. How do you cultivate that spirit mm -hmm. in the face of? all of the language in athletics about measurements and times and stats and metrics. Okay. I'm going to go back to the, to the other night for an example. Before I even get into the stats and the paces and the metrics stuff. Yes. A run like the other night to have 81 people come yes. out. All right. There was... A number of people there who had never taken part in a group run. There was mm. people there who had never run at nighttime, let alone nighttime in mm. the city. You know, that's accessibility. You know, and I have learned about myself over the years that I guess for some time in my life I was a people pleaser. You know, it's like you mm. want to fit in, you want to be accepted, you want to just be part of the crowd, you want to be whatever. It wasn't until literally when I found running, specifically mm. these longer distance things, that I truly felt like when I ran my first, my very first ultra distance, during that, I had the wherewithal to understand that this was a transformative experience that I was going through while in the moment. There's not wow. many times in your life when you have that awakening. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm not a religious person at all, but there's that passage in the Bible when, like, Saul changes his name to Paul. He gets knocked off the horse because he sees God's light and the whole bit, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's like, 
that's kind of how I felt that day. It's like I, I got knocked off my square, and it's like this is what I should be doing. Those sorts now, of aha moments. Exactly. So now that's what I focus on when I move forward mm. in running. I keep that shit pure. Mm. All right. I do not let any. I try my best to not let anything pollute that, and that includes, you know, doing something just because it's going to get a bunch of likes on Strava, which is a. a a platform to share your runs and your yeah. cycle or, or whatever you're into for like movement, sure. shall we say. That can be a trap. You know, when I put something up on Instagram, you know, I'm going to it's. I have to think about a- am I keeping it pure? Am yeah. I keeping it real? Am I keeping it 100? You know, and if you're doing, if you're, if, if you're true to the game, if you're truly working on yourself, if mm. you and that's how I look at running. I, I look at running as a way for me to center my life. It's not a way for me to get on your podcast. It's not a way for me to say, hey, look at me. Yeah. I'm this, I'm no. Uh-uh. If people want to come along for the ride, awesome. All right. But I'm not doing this. Like, this is very much a Fiat 500, man. This isn't some yeah. big limo <laughs> where I'm bringing everybody along with me. Everyone's yeah. welcome to come. You know? Yeah. But I can't get caught up in that stuff. Your car is only as big as you need it to be. Yeah, I'm <laughs> that's very much how I'm living these days. Yeah. There's not a lot of excess in yeah. my life, for better or for worse, you know? Mm. I'm a very simple person these days. I've learned how to simplify my life. I learn every day. The This, this process of simplifying... Mm-hmm. Um, People, places, things. What was what was that aha moment like? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yes, I do. I don't have the exact. I don't. I didn't have that quite that same transformative experience that I had in December 2014, running the very first, my very first Rocky 50k. Yeah. But what I had was this lingering, like the opposite of a hangover, like this lingering glow, this lingering energy band that came after achieving a goal you know i'd learned through this process over the last decade or so that i am a very goal oriented person you know Mm. and that feeling of like accomplishment yeah that drives me that motivates me and if everything else comes along with it awesome yeah but that's what really drives me you know and that's what that's what I got addicted to early on. You know, it wasn't anything else. It was simply, it was simply that. Mm-hmm. And then, but because I have an addictive personality, it's never enough. So, you know, I did my first 10K and then I was like, okay, let me try this and let me try that. And I keep work, working up and working up. Yeah. But that was, that was the moment was when I learned, like, if I, okay, if I change, like I said, people, places, things, it's the yeah. same thing you learn in recovery. You know, it's like you got to change the people you hang around with, the places where you go and the yeah. things that you do. You know, yeah. if you could, if you don't change those things, you're not going to get any anywhere. And I realized that I'm going to be more successful doing the things that I really enjoy, which is running. Even, even before I found ultras, mm-hmm. you know, if I stopped drinking, you know, if I, s- yes. if I tightened up my diet, you know, I used to weigh 242 pounds on the cusp of shopping at the big and tall store, man, you know. And it's not so much about numbers, but I'm, I feel better. You know, I'm much healthier now. Yes. You know, and 
Yes. That those are th- th- it's th- those things. Yep. Yeah, it's those little things. It's those little accomplishments over time that I it's those little accomplishments that over time become a bigger accomplishment and that's what I really got hooked on. Mm. That was it for me. That was my moment. Mm. Yeah, I mean I I've, I've had some good races. You know, I've been knock on wood. You know, I've been I've ha- I've been very fortunate in runs and races and I have a very good record and all this other stuff, you know, and a couple of those races have changed my life. But not so much the race itself, but preparing. You know, preparing to take on some of those challenges. You know, when you commit yourself to nine months of a training block and that's all you think about and it's like yeah. everything you take into your body, whether you're reading, whether you're, whatever you're... I, I, me, me personally, I, I don't have a TV, you know, so I, I don't take in... I, I try not to take in bubblegum for the brain, shall we mm. say. You know what I mean? I, I, I want to keep what goes into my brain it makes me sharper. You know, what I put in my body makes yeah. me sharper. The people I hang around with make me sharper. So when you yeah. live like that for months and months and months and you just think about the goal, oh, you know, you get that, that laser beam brain. It's, it's what I call a laser beam. Mm. It's that laser beam focus. Is there one particular race that you're thinking of? Like, that, that felt that felt particularly transformative is is there is there a particular story in mind i mean i've had sure you know to date you know, i've completed uh 49 ultras and wow. I, we should specify what an, an ultra is an ultra is anything um longer than a marathon and a marathon distance is 26.2 miles right um so i've done 49 of those races now um i've completed every single one that i've started um i've had uh, which is an achievement by itself. Thank you. Uh, what they call a DNF, I don't have any. I, I did not finish. I, I don't have any knock on wood. Um, y- you're you're going to get a slow clap from me because that's, <laughs> I mean, I remember uh. my first attempt at like 50 mile, like doing a, a one day 50 miler on like the bike. And yeah, my first one was a DNF. So your first one you finished, that's, Thank that's you. amazing. And you know, I, I've done 14 races of 100 miles or greater. Um, I have numerous Damn. course records, podiums, all that stuff, you know, victories and stuff. Right. And like every single, every single one of those changes me, yeah. you know, but if you want one in particular, I mean, I've got to say, I've got to say the Tahoe 200, <sighs> you know, that's a 205 mile race that circumnavigates, that circumnavigates Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. You have a hundred hours to complete it. Um, I finished it in 76. Wow. Which is saying something, um, you know, considering I'm from the East Coast. Yeah. You know, we don't have mountains out here like that. Right. My hill repeats are done on the Ben Franklin Bridge. Yeah. You know, for real. You know, yeah. it's. Yeah. yeah at, at, at time of taping, um, you just released an episode of your podcast about about yes. doing the hill yeah, repeats. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And that race was transformative for a number of reasons. You know, number one, first and foremost, you know. No one gets where they're going alone. I had my wife out there at the mm-hmm. time. I had uh, uh, my friend Amy, or our friend Amy, who serves as my crew chief for a, mm. for a lot of these races. My coach, shout out Adam Kimball. He actually holds the record for the fastest time around Lake Tahoe. He took that record Damn. from Killian Journey last summer, and he's the best in the world. 
So that's saying something. That's who I was coached by. You know, he paced me for a nice chunk of that race. A friend of his paced me for 40 miles of that race, too. You know, I owe my success in that race to my crew, to the people yeah. who believed in me, you know. That was transformative to see everyone coming together, working for the common goal, you know, which yeah. is to see me succeed. They're all invested in my success. And that's a powerful motivator, man. That is powerful. I mean, I, look, yeah. I got chills here now, you know, just thinking about that. There was a point in that race, man, where my pacer, Jeff, uh, we were about mile, you know, 170. Sure. I, I only slept, I think, a th maybe three hours and 20 minutes the entire 76 hours I was out there. When I say slept, I didn't sleep. You know, I took yep. three dirt naps um, for four minutes, 11 minutes, and 14 yep. minutes. You know, and that really reset, that was like a hard reset for the body brain. But we came to a spot in that course, probably about mile 170, somewhere around there. And uh, it was just as the sun was coming up. It was like early. It was probably, yeah, it was like early in the morning. Sure. Maybe about 65 hours in, maybe 60 hours in. The sure. sun is just coming up, man. And like, he's like, yo, stop, stop. He's like, I want you to take a look. Now, before I say what I'm going to say, when I flew into Tahoe, when I flew into Reno, driving to Tahoe, yep, yep. you know, I'm coming down this little mountain road, and all of a sudden, you just see Lake Tahoe, and it is enormous. Like, you can see Lake Tahoe from outer space. It's that big, you know what I mean? So, you c I'm c I come there, I pulled the car over, and I just took, I, I took a walk out of the car, and I was just like, holy shit, you know? And I had that feeling before, like, when yes. I... When I ran the, the Leadville 100, the fabled Lead, uh, Lead, Lead, Leadville 100 the previous summer, I had that feeling where it's like, what the hell did I get myself into? But I also knew from that experience to trust the process. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so fast forward. Now I'm at hour 60-something of this race, right? And yeah. He's like, stop. I, I want you to take a look. And it's like he started pointing out where we were where the race started, where the actual starting line, where we were going yeah. to on this this chain of mountains, you know, this this chain of mountains around mm -hmm. Lake Tahoe. And he pointed mm -hmm. out different sections of the race, where we had come from, and and it blew my mind. Like, at first I thought from the airport, how am I going to do this? Now I'm in the race, yeah. and I'm saying, how the fuck am I doing this? <laughs> you know? For real. And then it's like, yeah. you know, I, we finished, and or I, I, I finished, I was successful. The next day, my crew and I had lunch, and now we're we're having lunch on yeah. Lake Tahoe. Yeah, and we're looking. And you want to talk about a good feeling, man? That's a good feeling, you know, that that feeling of accomplishment, that feeling yeah. of achieving your goal. But now we're sitting there on the lake, you know, and I'm and we're looking around, and I'm like, how the hell did I do that? And to this day, I still don't know how I did that, you know. Yeah, that's a transformative experience. One that three years to the date, I'm or I'm sorry, three years later, I'm still processing mm. that you know those kinds of things change you yes they're and I, I and every every culture has their language for that like when when you have an experience that transcends like an individual's capacity um i mean that was forty-one thousand feet of climbing over 205 miles well shit that's mount that's that's mount everest and a third and that's just going up. Yeah. You got to go down, too. Yeah. And you're doing it at, at altitude. Oh, boy. Um, so it's a it's dude. a gut check, man. I remember singing a concert yeah. in Denver that, yeah, that altitude shit will get you. I'm going to tell you another story about about that race. All right. right. Let, me, let, me, let, me, let me explain this to you. Just so people can, can, under, can understand, like, 
how no matter what you're going through, if you keep your head down, you know, you're, you're probably going to be successful if you have a, a, you know, a positive mindset. So early on in that race, you're familiar with like Jeeps, right? You know, mm-hmm. the Jeeps, right? Mm-hmm. Jeep Cherokee, all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. There's a trail called the, uh, the Jeep trail, the Cherokee Jeep trail. I think it's called the Cherokee Jeep trail. Don't, don't quote me on that. Uh, Damn it! I forgot the name of the trail, but it's it's a famous Jeep trail. Okay. All right, right right around Lake Tahoe, where they actually film Jeep commercials. So this part, this section of the course, comes at roughly in the like the early twenties. It was so hot, so dusty. I'm climbing up this mountain, and the whole time we're on this trail. Rubicon. It was the Rubicon Jeep trail because when you see those Rubicon nice. Jeeps, they've been Rubicon tested on this trail. All right. So this trail had all these modified Jeeps going up and going yeah. down. Yeah. All right. And it was kind of like these like these Jeeps were like some some out of like Mad Max. They were all modified with these huge <laughs> wheels and <laughs> just really like really yeah, yeah. amazing machines, but like the trail is not big enough for a runner and a Jeep. Yeah. So when these Jeeps came, you got to pull over to the side and jump off the trail and let, let the Jeeps go. Sure. Yeah. You know, and I was already 5 hours off of where I thought I'd be. 20 miles in you know it was Mm. this was i realized within the first seven miles that i was in over my head you know there was nothing i could do um and i was saying to myself like i can let a jeep hit me you know i can get sent home and no one's gonna say oh you didn't do it because i I got hit by a jeep you know yeah that was scary dude you know like to to bring your you know just to invest that much time you know and to know that this is it was hard what makes the difference in those moments? Like you, you've talked about. I'll tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you, man. I have two sets of eyes watching me at all times. Even if they're not watching me, they're mm. watching me. It's my sons. We've already talked about in the beginning. You know, Dante mm. and Leo. I want them to grow up to be good humans. That's the bottom line. You know, and sure. being a good human is. You keep your head down, you get it done. Like when you're in the shit and shit goes sideways, you get it done, you know? The reason why I haven't DNF'd yet, I really believe, is that when it gets, like when I'm in that moment, I think about my kids. I don't ever want to have to look my boys in the eye and be like, I was uncomfortable. You know, I was tired. I was sore. Yeah. Injury is one thing. Again, that's a longer story, you know? But... We have unlimited capacity just because you, you know, you're tired or you're this or you're that. You're not even scratching the surface, Mm. you know. You're not even scratching the surface of how deep our reserves are. There, maybe maybe I'm not using, using this word right in the context of this conversation, but there's a, there's a sense of, of pace in that involved as well, because it, at least in my experiences of athletic injury, athletic is probably not fair. Um, injury while moving is probably because I would hardly think of myself as an athlete. <laughs> but um, like usually it's because usually it's because my pace is off because I'm pushing too hard because something about something about um the instrument the machine is not in line like with the the driver of the machine the driver of the machine um what sort of 
I, I I would use language of that in in the in the like the work of like spiritual care that I tend to do. I would use the language of grounding and centering. Um, what sort of keeps you in that space of being grounded and like centered and like aware of how the machine is running? It's during the race. You know, it's, I don't want to go backwards. I don't Mm. want to go where I came from. This is who I am. I've never been happier in my life. Mm. I put a lot of stress on myself. I put a lot of pressure on myself to be successful in whatever I do, you know, and That's certainly one component of it, you know, Mm. and this is an activity that allows me to be myself 100%. You know, I'm not the kind of person, if I like an Eminem, if I like M&Ms, I'm not going to stop it just like, oh, I had a couple M&Ms. No, I'm going to go buy a bag, you know, and I'm going to buy like, I'm going to eat the whole bag of M&Ms. You know, (laughs) I don't have the (laughs) shutoff valve that some people have, you know, so... This is a way for me to channel my anxieties, my Mm. creative endeavor, like my creative juices, all this stuff. It all, I throw it all into running, man. So to be successful, you've got to, I mean, it's just, just, just to keep, like, like, I I don't want to go backwards. You know, I want to keep moving forward. I want to keep working on myself, doing the work. And like, if, if I'm doing those things, I'm going to be successful. And, and, su- and success doesn't translate into a spot on the podium, you know. It's just I'm going to be a better person. You know, mm-hmm. what, one of your questions on that, that, we, that we spoke about prior yeah. was about changing the world, yeah. you know. And I don't believe in changing the world, Paulie. Like, I, I, I think that's a, that it's, a, it's a noble concept, you know. I think to a degree it's kind of naive, nothing personal. Okay. No, please. Um, no, please say more. But like, tell me, tell me more. But I don't believe in changing the world. What I do believe in is changing yourself. Mm. Okay. If you change yourself, you're going to change your energy. And when you change your energy, you change who you attract. And that's how the change happens. You know, that's why I push community so hard on my Instagram. That's mm. why I push it so hard in my real life. That's why I'm involved in so many different projects because I truly believe in community. You know, I found a home in this in 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 this world. Yeah. And when I'm when I feel good about that, that's when the change comes. You know, that's the energy band that we all want to get in on. You know, but I I cannot sit here and think about because it was again, how do I think about a 200 mile race? How the hell do you complete that? You can't. How the hell do you change the world? You can't. But what you do is one mile at a time. So for me, it's one day at a time. You know, it's like I got to change my, I just got to work on myself one day at a time, one day at a time. Sometimes it's one minute at a time, dude. You know, but that's how you change the world. So. Hope I didn't steal your thunder with that that response. No, (laughs) I mean, that was amazing. I I would love to loop back about the the piece about the naivete. Um, Sure. Like, I just want to hear more. Tell like tell me more like what is it? Because I I mean like I, I work in the arts. There are a lot of dreamers. Mm-hmm. There are, there are a lot of um, 
people with probably unreasonable ambitions. Um, I mean, un, un, uh, except for like the one percent that are that are proven right, like except for the, the Lim Manuel Mirandas of the world. But um, <laughs> what? Tell tell me more about this notion of of impact, and I'll. I'll rephrase um, this notion of impacting others okay. in like a lot in like a wide, like grand scale. Tell me more about the about how how that is naive, because um, that's a perspective that is relatively new for me. And because it's new, it's refreshing. I hope I didn't say the wrong thing there. <laughs> no, go for it. I love I, I love it. I love one of my favorite moments when I'm I'm with a guest is when I get something that makes me think that's something that I haven't heard on the show before. Um and this is honestly something that I haven't heard on the show before. So Yeah, I it's I'm an old man. Sure. All right. I'm almost 47 years old. I've traveled around. You know, mm. I've had some jobs over the years that have made me come into contact with people when they're not on their best day. Um, sure. And people who were a lot of folks out there. Yeah, I just I've had some life experiences that have taught me. Yeah. Um, it's it's so complex, you know. I I just I burn out, you know. That's what I would worry about. If my mission was to change the world, if I woke up every day saying I need to change the world, who the fuck am I? Like, that's a big task to wake up and think about that like that's your mission to change the world like shouldn't it start with just work on yourself you know be just be you do you and chances are if you do you paulie you do it well because nobody else can do it Mm. you know and that's the that's that energy band man imagine me imagine like just how pompous i gotta be to sit here and think that I have the power to change the world. Mm. To those that believe that, please keep on believing it. You know, don't be an old cynical man like me. You know, th- go live your best life. Go change the go change the world. For me, I can't mm. think that way. It's too broad. You know, it's I, I need simple. That's my thing. It's like I simple. Like I have to worry about raising two good humans. Yeah. That's my. That's how I change the world. Yeah. Like if you if you want to get down to it, it's like. That's the cycle. You know they're going to reproduce one day more than likely. Yeah. You know and their kids will and so on and so on. Yeah. That's how you change the world. Assuming we haven't fucked the planet. Well, right, right, right. Which is probably where we're heading. A reasonably, <laughs> an increasingly bigger assumption. Yeah. But. Yeah, but that to me, and 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 I, I don't mean to be offensive. I don't mean to knock down dreamers, Please. or you know, or people who, 
as I, I don't think that they're that they're misguided. You know, I don't. Everyone's opinions and feelings are valid. You know, it's just for me, it's too much for me to to just bite off and really ponder. I have to worry about me. Uh-huh. You know, and if I'm working on myself and I care about the people around me and my li- my little circle, that's how I'm going to change the world. Mm. If I choose to. Yeah. There's. I hear a couple of things. I mean, one, the people, the people I I know who are, myself (laughs) included, um, who have oriented themselves around that language of changing the world. um, I I I think you're one hundred percent right. Like we would be, we would all be more more. We would all have more impact if we focused on the the three feet in front of us. Mm um focused on the mile in front of us um would have a much better chance of finishing the race um two i wonder i i I wonder if there it's not that cynical is a negative term because i don't think that it is i think there's there's a better word for it because i think there are words that are more specific okay i wonder because what what you've described sounds to me a lot like pragmatism that you have said that it is unhelpful to think about trying to change the world, whatever that specific word means, because that's so big. I I wonder sometimes like when I think about like the work that this show is doing, the work that running times does, which continues to grow um, from, from what I hear can you continue to, to grow your audience, which is awesome. Um, of course, um, I wonder if people, myself included, who have the the size of ambition that you describe would have more impact if we I mean, like to use a foreign policy term, if we if we tended the house at home first. Cause I I, I, I am definitely guilty of guilty of getting so excited about a concept or a project or something that's new um that i forget little things like like don't lock yourself out of the (laughs) podcast studio (laughs) which i totally did not do today i definitely did that today Um, he didn't do it it. (laughs) no no i definitely (laughs) did um but i um i i i i I, I, I receive that for the energy that it is and I, i i don't it is you're a creative brain yeah it comes with the territory sure sure so i um because i i don't think that we're done but this feels like an an inflection point there's a there's a question that i tend to reach near near the end of a taping um but given um what you've stated okay. i'm going to i'm going to adapt it slightly i like and, that and that would be what do you want yourself to look like when you are done with it done with this meat carcass that i'm hauling around every day i think so i think uh, that like meat carcass feels like more of a legacy type question what I do i, I want to th- leave behind i think so but like 
normally I would ask people, what do you want the world to look like when you're done with it? Like if, if things that are within your grasp and if the entire world could be within your grasp, if, if you had the power to, to leave things, at least for the second, the millisecond that, that you had, like when you're done, when, when the last gasp comes, when, when you're like, okay, I've had enough. And, and you're ready to move on to whatever is next, if there is anything, um, what should the world look like at, like at that time? That's the question that I usually approach near like the, either the last question or near the end. Okay. But what you have identified is that that sort of dream is, is in, in the same way that I talked about finding a different word for cynical, that sort of sort of dream and that language is is not the best because it's um, because it's not specific enough. So so to rephrase for you, like in the timing in the timeline of the meat carcass, yeah, like what do you, what sort of legacy do you want to leave? What sort of what do you want your life to look like after you have lived it? I would like my spirit and my soul. Mm -hmm. I believe that will live forever. Mm. Um, let me give you an example. We'll go back to social media. Sure. Take your profile down tomorrow or maybe stop using your profile. It's still out there for eternity. Yeah, you know, people can still look at your profile and be like, "Ah, oh, that was a cool post," or this or that. But your your spirit is still there. This is just an example. Yeah, you know. So I, if I'm going to live a full life, I'm never going to die, you know, mm -hmm. because I'll have touched, I'll have done the work on myself, Paul. I've done the work on myself, and this goes back to changing the to changing the world again. Like I've mm -hmm. done the work on myself, which means those around me are around me for a reason. You know, and it's like my message, my spirit will live through them and the people I've touched before I passed. Yeah. You know, so that's how I'd like to leave the world is knowing that I've made some kind of an impression. You know, like mm. there's that old thing that, that that's cliche. You know, it's you, your born year, your death year, and then you get it's the, the dash in the middle, you know. <laughs> Well, I'd like to have an obituary in the New York Times. You know, that to me mm. would mean I, I've been successful, that I've made it. Of course, I'd never see it. I, I'd be dead. Sure. You know, but the, leaving that type of legacy, something that my boys can be proud of, you know, look at their dad and be like, ah, that's a good example, you know. Mm. Um, that's a motivator for me. You know, mm. what, like, what am I leaving behind? Like, what am I doing here? You know, like, what are we doing here? I, 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 we're here to have it to, for pleasure. I mean, we're, we're, we're here to explore, learn, yeah. but it's to be yourself, you know, to keep it 100 with your, with yourself. I, I really believe, I, I truly believe in that. I, I believe that we should live simple, you know, be, be intentful with your, with your actions, be deliberate with your actions. And then when you die, there's no questions about what kind of life you leave or what, like what your legacy behind is. You know, you're <laughs> you're taking the simple act and making it even simpler. The simple act of death. We're all we're all going to get there. You're just making it even simpler now. Mm. I'm I'm not trying to die, but 
I've made my peace with it. What is that process of making that peace like? I spend a lot of time by myself, Paulie. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I spend a lot of time running. Um, yeah. I spend a lot of time reflecting. Yeah. It, for me, it's it's very much a moving meditation. So I'm thinking about interactions I've had, interper- in interpersonal relationships, things like that. It just I'm filtering through my day. I'm filtering through what the next day is going to be like, the next five years are going to be like. You know, that's constantly, constantly processing, constantly thinking about stuff. That's how that process is. Mm. Yeah. And for the folks who are listening at home, or wherever you're, you're listening, I, sh- I should say, you know, I'm, I'm talking about running. We're using running as the example for a lot of these analogies. But uh, let's be very clear here. Like, running is not for everybody, number one. And number two, running has taught me that everything is relative in this world. Mm-hmm. Everything. So you can easily substitute running with whatever verb you want to put in there. And it could be a sedentary verb. Uh, you know, or it could be an an active verb. You know, mm. it doesn't it doesn't matter. Whatever you you got to find what you're into. You know, and let it consume you. Like let it, it let it consume you. So, then is it is it fair to say that running is the vehicle? Running is the the means for the 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 the, the self transformation. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I didn't know all this when I started, you know. I just knew that it made me feel good. Yeah. You know, I don't have all the science behind it. Sure. You know, but I know how I, I I know how it made me feel. Yeah. I know how it made other people feel about me. You know yeah. how they tend to look at me. Um. Yeah. Th- that's it. It's when when you and, and again, it's just what, what whatever you're doing. You know, whatever you can relate this running to in yeah. your life this sense of transformation mm-hmm. of self-discovery of what is it to but like but th- there's th- so there's a question like this sense of like the authentic self mm-hmm. what is the authentic self <laughs> the authentic self is it literally when you are like we're, we're talking about being deliberate your actions are deliberate okay sure. When you can do the deliberate act without even recognizing that you're doing it deliberately, you know, Mm. that I believe is the authentic self. Like, when you can tap into that, you can tap into that power because it is powerful. It's instinct. Yeah. It's that's that is as true, that is as, as free as you can as I can be you know when I'm in that space when I'm in that zone yeah and because I can tap into that zone everything else in my life falls into place you know I'm able to connect better with my community I'm able to just to be a better man yeah a better human But again, it, 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 it comes back to, you know, find what you love and let it kill you. Mm. So back in the day, for me, that was, you know, some activities I probably should have been into. You know? Mm. 
I'm a different person now. I think I mean this um, in the very sort of physical sense of running, but I suppose it could be more of this metaphysical conversation that we're moving into as well. Um, are there rest days? There are, yes. Yeah? Yes. Um, I need some some rest days, but a rest day doesn't, a rest day from running, that doesn't mean I'm not going to stretch or do some push-ups or just, yeah. you know, go for a walk, you know, ride the indigo bike around the city. But the rest day, in terms of a training block, you need that. You know, you can't just burn the candle at both ends constantly because sure. then you just experience diminishing returns, you know. The most passionate man in the world needs a rest day from whatever he's doing just to recharge and reset the battery. You yeah. know, I mentioned taking dirt naps at the Tahoe 200. Yeah. That's, it's the same type thing. It's like it's a, it's a quick rest to kind of reset. So, yes, there are rest days. But a rest day, I don't like to stack rest days. You know, you're not going to find me sitting around unless I have something going on, like an injury of some sort. Mm. You're not going to see me taking more than two rest days back to back. You know, maybe after a long race, okay, I'll take I'll take a few days off. That's different. But in my normal day to day, no, I believe consistency is key. You know, that's mm -hmm. just that's it. Especially for what I'm doing. Yes. Um we're still talking about running, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, um there's there yeah, there, there. I, I, I mean, at least there's something to that. Certainly, in this this work of of recovery, of like letting the body catch up to mm -hmm. the to the mind, to the spirit. Um, as as someone who is I increasingly mean, like feeling feeling the limitations of the physical body, there there is something to honoring like what the machine is capable of, um, and sometimes that means. Um, an extra hour of sleep or yeah. or yes an easier day mm -hmm. um there's nothing wrong with that mm -hmm. either mm -hmm. you know but for me i can't let those things stack up it's just yeah you need a little bit but too much is not a good thing you know like if mm. you were starting to be a scientist or you're in the lab 20 hours a day is that healthy if I go out there and run 20 miles a day, every day, is that healthy? I could do it. But is it, but is it healthy? No. Hmm. You know, wh wh where, where in that 20 hours a day, for example, of just running and training, you know, where in that time are you making time to, like, nourish the spirit, to nourish the soul, to work on yourself? Hmm. Where? Where is that coming in? Hmm. You know, when you're doing these big distance things, like, you're out there long enough, you're going to hallucinate. You're going to see shit. You know, your mind is going to go to weird places, yeah. you know? And to be strong in the mind, you got to be strong in the body and strong in the spirit. Mm. And those things need to be nourished. So... What what are those things for you? Like, I, w we, we, we know how important the right cereal bar is. <laughs> right, sure, um, sure. But what what is nourishing of mind and spirit for you? I, I definitely enjoy. Um, I like to read a little bit yeah. here and there. Um, yeah. I find I'm 
just now starting to get into meditation mm. very very I'm gently easing into that world mm. um, I really enjoy sitting down getting my thoughts out on paper like old school pen and paper yeah um, this is gonna sound goofy but like give me a pack of markers and a coloring book or a pack of markers and like a nice blank piece of paper and let me draw something, let me paint something, let me just design something. I yeah. love that stuff. And that's a chance for me to reset, to kind of unplug, recharge. I keep saying one day I'm going to take painting lessons, you know. But I also do some reading because I've been going back. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm an English lit major. I'm, I'm right. from, I, I graduated from Temple way back in the day with a degree in English literature. So I have an understanding of the canonical, of like the of the canon and sure. like certain. And do we here? So here's a question: Since sure, um, do we still need to be reading Shakespeare? I'm going to say yes to that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll just say yes to that because it's, you know, it's like the work of Homer, for example. When you read the Iliad and the Odyssey, those books are so complex, and when you draw them out, you know, it's like. It's it's almost like a mathematical equation how perfect they are. And when you read Shakespeare, for example, you say to yourself, "How the hell could one person have ever thought of this?" Yeah. And and there is a yeah. and there is a school of thought that says Shakespeare was many people. You know, was like right. like like right. running under one un, under just one bard. A c- you a know, collective, yeah, yeah. But I think, I mean, there's certainly a time and a space for for Shakespeare. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Um. I, I, I don't have the the English literature chops to sit here and say otherwise, frankly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just don't. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I remember reading Shakespeare, and even after I graduated, like, I would go back and read certain passages, read, like, certain clips from, like, certain certain plays and stuff, and it's like, holy shit. So, so complex. Yeah. Mm. And let's face it, you know, it's like, it, th- that's what, th- this isn't rocket science here, but that's what makes a good work of ours, and you have many layers to it. That's what makes poetry so beautiful. You have what mm. the words say, and then you have what the words mean, and then you have what you think the words mean, and what the poet thinks the words mean. Mm. I suppose, um, thinking about literature, um, I mean, I mean that's that's one of the way that ways that I get hooked into things. Um, I uh, I got I, I I ended up I finally ended up buying a typewriter because <laughs> I read I read books and watched YouTube videos about typewriters. Um, I got into knitting and crochet during the pandemic because same thing. Read books about knitting and crochet and watched. Uh, YouTube, like so much content, like way too much content about both <laughs> of those things. Um, I, I frankly, I started running because I started reading um, Murakami. Like I, I read w- what I talk about when I talk about running. Sure, sure. Um, That's a gateway it, book. Yes, very much a gateway book. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, are you at a point where reading about your thing, reading about running, is still something that do you do you is that still helpful still beneficial for you 
when I read about running, uh, I'm, I'm reading about people's stories. Like on my podcast, yeah. for example, yeah. we don't talk about pace, nutrition, hydration, gear. I'm very much into people and their stories. Yeah. There's a few periodicals that are out there now that I subscribe to simply to have a foothold and an understand and an understanding of what's going on in my in my little world in my yeah. community. Um, in terms of reading books about running, you know, I'm almost through my certification. You know, to be right. a, you know an ultra to be a ultra running coach. So yeah, you, know, you read a fair amount of training theories and what works and stuff like that. Trade stuff, yeah. right? I, I I that doesn't. The nuts and bolts of that, you need to know it. Yep. You know, but it doesn't drive me. It doesn't. So no, the things that I read about running doesn't it doesn't doesn't move me in the same way. Mm. You know, like for example, when, when I read this book um, by Dean Carnassus, Ultra Marathon Man. You know, he talks about some of the adventures that he had gone on. You know, back in the day, or you know, and and I read that when I just started running. And that lit a fire under my ass, man. Because mm. I was sitting there saying to myself, like, I could see myself getting down like this one day. And I hadn't even run a more than a 10K yet. You know, but I was like, I can see myself doing this one day. And that's mm. the only exposure I had to that world at that time. Now, when I read even someone's race report, you know, or recaps on races, or yeah. it could be a first-hand account of something. And it's coming, it's written from the running filter, you know. Yeah. It doesn't move me in in the same way. I feel like I know too much. You know, I'm a little too much on the inside. Now, with that being said, when I come across something that really moves me from this world, wow, you know. And I, sure. But I'm a little too deep into it right now, you know. There is... Now, by that same yeah. token, like, if, you know, if I start taking painting classes one day, you know, I'm going to start reading about painting. Yeah. I, I will go down a rabbit hole, <laughs> you know, for years. <laughs> and then years later, it won't have the same appeal. I'll still be interested in it. Are you on TikTok yet? Nah. No, I just opened up a Be Real account with my son yeah. so I could track my sons, you know. Sure. No, I'm not on uh, TikTok. I should be. I, I know I should be. That's what people are telling me that like me too that like there's there's something magical about it like there's nothing I mean it, it's essential it's essentially vine that's that's what it is um just sort of repackaged yeah. and recycled but the 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 tech caught up a bit um with with what's being done with the incredible energy that the new generation uh, it hurts me to say it so much is um (laughs) is is leading leading on that platform with and then because of that leadership that thought leadership what people my age um people your age and beyond are creating um But I'm I'm trying to imagine like what would come up in my for you list like, like w- what the algorithm would want me to see you know. I'm not sure. I. I I, I, I don't know. Yeah. 
Do you get excited when you come across things you don't know across yes. new things? Yes. Yeah. 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 And I, I get very excited. But that's the thing. Like, I'm not good at half-assing shit, Paulie. Uh. You know, um, I'm either all in or I'm not even wasting my time. At this point in my life, I'm just, if I'm not all in, it's not even worth it. You know, so yes, when I come across mm -hmm. something, I get excited about it. It's like fireworks in my brain, Oof. and it's like it's like all I think about until it, until I'm able to make it come to fru to fruition. Yeah, or I can learn more about it, or where is that going to take me? It's like uh, for for example, now I was fortunate enough to grow up during the golden age of hip hop. You know, during the golden age of rap, like. At 88 to 93, 87 to 93 was like formative years for me, right? Love that stuff. And as I got older, yeah, I wanted to know where those sounds came from. Yeah. So for the last four or five years, I have just been on a steady diet of soul and funk. Mm-hmm. Other stuff, too, but I mean a steady diet of those two things. And it's because I want to know more. Hmm. Okay, I, 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 have to, I have to pause you there because that sure. was not something that I knew. And I, I am ever more delighted. So I need to know um, what your Mount Rushmore of MCs would sure. be. Sure. First like, and foremost, yeah. Chuck D. Oh. Um, then, mm. I'm, then I'm going to go KRS-One. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'd probably got to say... Rakim, uh, because the way he did his rhyme structure, you know, I think before Eric B and Rakim came around, mm -hmm. a lot of MCs were just kind of with the AB, AB, you know, kind of like the Run DMC rhyme format, you know. Um, Chuck D certainly changed the game too with the way he wrote his lyrics, uh, but I really think you got to give respect to Rakim, you know, during that during, oh yes. during that time. Period. Oh yes, yes. And I guess if I got to see then, and the, the the fourth one is where I'm going to stay in bed and awake for like hours on end trying to think of who the perfect fourth person would be. Mm. You know, I just floating rotation of people who we could throw in there, you know. But I'll say those three just to just to begin. Who's on your mountain for beatboxers? <sighs> Yo Gabba Gabba. When, you know, my boys were little, we watched Yo Gabba Gabba. Sure. I mean, sure. rest in uh, rest in power, Biz. You yeah, know. Um, not that, not that, I that f not that far off. Yeah, I guess you know, Philadelphia's own Dougie Fresh. So like, shit, like seriously, like holy fucking shit. Yeah, I, I gotta go with. I I'd probably say that one. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But when you say beatbox, it also makes things of think of like the Fat Boys, you know, from yes, back in the yes, day too. Yes. So, yeah, and I, I, I'm not discrediting beatboxing. Sure, sure. But sure. that's the first thing I think of when you say that is that movie Disorderlies. Yeah. <laughs> For me, Biz and Dougie on the B side, um, um, Kayla Malati. I'm really Kaiser Rose. I'm really excited about right now. Um, I, and I mean, and then on the MC side, um, I mean, the miseducation of Lauren Hill changed my life. Like, like that—that's the era that I'm from. Like, like 
like like I'm I'm eighty I'm an eighty five baby. Gotcha. Um, and then goodness we will have to record another episode just about uh, just about hip-hop and like the and funk and r&b like i think um uh, uh like like philadelphia soul like holy shit yeah. like they they named one of our they named one of our worst sports teams after one of our best exports from the city um, the city that can that can export gritty and um, absolutely mangle Hitchbot can export yeah. one of the greatest forms of of music and yeah um, yeah you'll you'll have to, you'll have to come back for 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 another taping and 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 uh, and we'll we'll have to um, yeah we'll, we'll we'll make some connections as well um, but. Um, like just 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 yeah. just something for your listeners. Like for example, like Gangstar, right? I love Gangstar. Mm. All right. Um. Uh, uh. Oh my God, Mass Appeal. That song, Mass Appeal. The the opening cut to that comes from Thelonious Monk. I'm sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. From uh, Monk Higgins, little yes. from Monk Higgins, little yes. green apples. Yes, that's the kind of shit that when I find it, I'll just go down that rabbit hole forever. Yeah. For the life of me, I could not come come up with it. But the other, the the other <laughs> group that I need like that that I need like the new school to know about is uh, People's Choice. Hmm. And like. Uh, another thing like i like to do it that that album changed again another album that changed my another life seminal album in, oh, in your life like yeah um profound gratitude um to get to linger with you today and and i am already looking forward to the next one right on man paul the pleasure was all mine brother thank you so much like I, when you reached out to me i was honored you know, um, dealing with you behind the scenes. I really enjoyed the process, mm. you know, um, I'm just, and, and I think what you're trying to do here, you know, just the theme of your podcast, um, what you're putting out into the world. I really, really appreciate that. Like I can respect that. Thank you. Yeah, totally, man. Totally, totally, Thank totally, you. totally. Like it's, it's a good thing that you're doing here. You know, it's crazy. It's like, we t- we started talking in the beginning about how this is a labor of love, right? And yeah, like, yeah. I think we all want to be a part of something. We all want to find our little community, you know. And I think when when we give others the opportunity to tell their story, you know, when you sit back and you be humble, like you've been humble tonight, you know, you've allowed me to come in here and just yap about my nonsense, right? I think that. It almost gives you a better understanding of yourself. Like if you can look at somebody and like we talked about seeing the reflection of your, of I want runners to see my Instagram or whatever. You know, I, 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 I want people to see a reflection of themselves in the running world. Yeah. You know, so when you, yeah. so when you invite me on or if you come onto my show, you know, and I sit back and I listen to what you have to say, and I prepare for you. That's a great way for me to learn about myself, mm. you know? So thank you. Because 
yeah, I, 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 it was just thank you. My thanks to my guest, Gags. You can follow him on Instagram and YouTube at BDG123. And on any given day, you might spot him doing hill repeats on the Ben Franklin Bridge. Check out Gags' podcast, Running Times with Gags, wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you for tuning into our podcast, Uncommon Good, with Polly Reese. This program is produced in southwest Philadelphia on the unceded land of the Lenny Lenape tribe and the Black Bottom community. If you enjoyed listening to the show, please support us by leaving us a five-star review and a comment and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help people find us. Uncommon Good is also available on YouTube and Instagram. Follow us there for more accessible video content and more goodies. We love questions and feedback. You can send us a DM on Instagram or an email at uncommongoodpod at gmail.com. Thank you so, so much for listening. Until next time, wishing you every uncommon good to do your uncommon good, to be the uncommon good.